Today's sponsorship is brought to you by a business that, you know what, is very dear to me and Svenny's heart. Would you say? I'd is say it's fair? a second home. Yeah, it, it truly is. Whenever you go there, you can find good food, good beverages, good service. The and curry most of fries all, are amazing. Good company. Well, where, where are we talking about? We are talking about the King's Head. Where's the, the address? King's Head Pub and Eatery, 120 King Street. Winnipeg, Manitoba. It is right next to our campus, and uh, I know for a fact that some of our classmates are there as we speak. Yes, uh, it is a really great restaurant. We're not just saying this; like it, they are our sponsor for today's episode. But we legit go there very frequently. Um, they've got great drinks, great service. The staff live is, events. Yes, live event. You can even book out um, space yeah. to ha- host your own events. Yeah. The cool thing about Kingshead is that it's actually two historic buildings. Oopsie! I keep hitting the mic. I've, it's got, all good. I've got a problem. Um, that are kind of fused together, so they're, they, they're bumped up next to each other, but there's a little bit of a staircase that connects them because they're not quite level. So it's actually a pub that's in two whole buildings, two whole floors of awesomeness. Yes, if you're familiar with Winnipeg's Exchange District, this pub fits in perfectly. We've got two yeah. historical buildings combined into one amazing bar. And uh, not to like plug somebody else, but on Friday, August or Friday, August, Friday, October 21st, so a week from today, the Dust Rhinos are going to be playing at Kingshead. Cool. Um, really big, well-known, like, Irish band Sweet. in, so in the city. So. Shout out to the Kingshead for the sponsorship. Thank you very much. Yeah, live and, music. And uh, they've got live music in particular next week. So if, you're, if you're in the area, nights. yes, if you're in the area, go check them out. Thanks again to the Kingshead. What's the address one more time? 120 King Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Lovely. What is up, everybody? You are in the Fuzz Factory. It is Spenny. I'm here with Sav. It's Saturday. This is episode five, and we're talking all about the doors. Let's go.
Steph? Oh, are we doing this right now? Yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Spenny. How's it going? Great. Uh, sorry about last week, folks. We uh, Savannah was actually a little bit sick. Uh, very much sick. Yes. Um, I was having coughing fits. There was just there. There was no way that I could give you the full fuzz factory experience last week, and for that, I am truly sorry. Yes. So we figured rather than making you guys listen to a bunch of coughing and stuff last week. We would just take a week off, and this week we're going to hit you with two episodes. So if you're listening on Saturday, you'll have episode five and episode six that you can check out. Yeah, and we're recording them back-to-back here, so just stay with us, listen to these episodes back-to-back, and come with us for a two-hour journey. Yeah, it's going to be a very long but very wonderful and informative afternoon, I think. Yeah, so our first episode is going to focus on, obviously, you already know because you heard the song, The Doors. Yes. Um, But stay tuned for our second episode, which we're going to have a special guest host. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's going to be sharing a psychedelic rock playlist that neither of us know anything about. And I think she's going to be sharing some of her favorite songs from her high school days. So this is going to be pretty cool to check out. Um, Her name is Alana Smith. You can check her out on Facebook and Twitter, blah, 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 wherever. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, But she's she's joining the show later on this afternoon. The first song that you heard by The Doors was called Soul Kitchen. uh, And that was from their first album called uh, The Doors, just Mm -hmm. self-titled. I believe it came out in 1967. And uh, one of the most prominent psychedelic albums slash bands of all time. It's got soul. It's great. Um, we, sorry about that little technical glitch. But I was saying we were playing a song called Soul Kitchen by The Doors uh, off their first album. And it, I think um, it's one of my favorite albums by The Doors. Um, I was about to say my favorite albums, but I, that's a lie. It's not one of my favorite albums. But one of my favorite albums by The Doors for sure. Have you had a chance to really listen to much of them before? Or are you kind of like, you know, like the radio hits? The radio hits. Yeah. Mostly. But they're still not bad. No, they're not bad at all. It's a... The Doors were really cool because they were kind of just go, go, go when they recorded. Um, Savannah and I were talking off the air, so I thought I wanted to mention this on the air. A really cool thing I thought about The Doors. Now, I'm going to look up particularly which album this is because I don't want to give you guys the wrong information. So I'm not going to say what album it is. But I know for a fact that The Doors recorded an album within two, uh, only two days in the studio. Which is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a fast turnaround. They went in and wrote and recorded and mastered a full album. I believe it was L.A. Woman, but I, like I said, I'm going to check that information during our first song, and Please I will get do. back to you guys with that. Uh, just a little fun tidbit about like their recording, I thought. Um, and it really shows, I don't know, if you have an idea, you just got to get it down, I guess. Yeah. Um, We've heard one song. Do you want to get another song going so we can kind of get a, a feel for more of the doors, and then we'll jump into more discussion? Um, yeah, definitely. Just play whatever, because I need my mind open to more than the radio hits. Okay. So. All right. So I'm going to play our second track uh, by The Doors today. It's off their first album again, just self-titled The Doors from 1967. Um, I played Soul Kitchen before. That's one of my favorite tracks, actually. Uh, that's why I wanted to open the show with it. But uh, another one, I know you're going to recognize it. It is a kind of a radio hit, but we're going to jump into a deep cut after that. But I figured it's off the same album. 
So we'll stick with that. And this song is called Break On Through. You know the day destroys the night Night divides the day Try to run, try to hide Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side, yeah We chased our pleasures here Dug our treasures there heard two songs by the doors today you've heard yes. soul kitchen and we just heard break on through to the other side mm-hmm. so what are you thinking uh very 60s what what's the year in the album on this one? so this was their debut album uh, the first time that the doors were breaking through to the other side really ha 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 good choice <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it came out in 1967 and uh, i was mentioning during that song to sav i'm pretty love i mean it's not like I'm guessing. It just it was like mid '60s was the height of the psychedelic era, and it really was. Um, a lot of great music was coming out back then. There was a lot of civil rights movements going on. Like the the world was it. It was a very mixed up place, and the music mm-hmm. v- reflects that I think very well. If you listen to a lot of music from that time period. Yeah, like civil unrest. Yeah. Um. Other than, like I know we're talking about the Doors today, but um. Is there a particular band that you go to that you can think of from that period that kind of means something to you? You're really putting me on the spot here, Spenny. Yeah, I am. Um, Come on, Sav. Like I hate no, if you got to think about it, like, don't worry, we'll come back to it. Yeah, I'm no, just I curious to, because I hate to I, go back to Iron Butterfly, but like. But they're from that time period, right? Yeah. So it fits. Um, I just they're heavier than a lot of other psych music from they that era. Definitely, yeah. Um, and that's just what I gravitate towards. Yeah, you like the the heavier kind of like not necessarily like faster tempo, but like that overdrivey like f- yeah, fuzzy, fuzzy. Sound. I, yeah, I like really it like fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. Really which do. is cool. It's uh, I think 
our style of, or sorry, not style, our preference of music is working really well for the show so far. Yeah. I, I'm I want a show like just dedicated to extra fuzzy stuff. So maybe episode, I guess this is five, right? Yes. Episode seven, I call it. Sure. It's reserved. Yeah. It's going to be very. We'll look for heavy. some uh, more intense songs or stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. But so, as I was saying, uh, The Doors came out with this album kind of at the height of uh, the psychedelic era, this uh, unrest. They were all from California. Um, they were all university students, actually. Um, wow. It's kind of like um, Queen is actually one of the other few bands that, like, I think three of the four people in Queen, maybe all of them, have, like, legit degrees from universities. Um, like, yeah. Brian Did they May- meet in school? Yeah. Brian May studied science, I'm pretty sure. He has like a master's in science. He's cool. the guitarist from Queen. Um, Doors, it was kind of a similar situation. I don't know their schooling history. I don't know their degrees. I'm sorry. But I know that they were all art students, and I know that uh, Jim Morrison was going to school to become a poet. And uh, it, you, once you know that about him, the, the way he phrases his lyrics, it just totally makes sense. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. Like, he really knew how to write. Um, a very interesting fact that I've learned about Jim Morrison um, I wish I could quote the source, guys. I'm sorry, but I, I think it might have been a documentary. Actually, I know the source. There's a Netflix documentary about the doors. Don't know what it's called, but I know it's on Netflix. Definitely that check it out. That should be enough information for yeah, you to go Yeah, definitely <laughs> check it out. But in there, they were talking about how Jim Morrison could not play a single note on any instrument. Like, he didn't know a C on a piano. He didn't know. Wow. He, he knew nothing about that. He was, uh, he was a poet when he went to school. He was not a musician. Uh, so... Basically, The Doors started out as a California garage band in the 60s, and they were jamming in a garage one day. Um, Robbie Krieger uh, was the guitarist from The Doors, or is the guitarist from The Doors, I guess. He's not dead yet. Um, John Densmore was the drummer. Um, Ray Manzarek, I believe I said that correctly, was the keyboardist, and then Jim Morrison uh, came along as a singer. But um, the other three guys, excluding Jim, were just jamming in a garage one day, and Jim just wandered up. And thought it sounded cool. Like he was just passing through. Yeah, he just wandered up and thought it sounded cool. I think wow. they, the guys were friends in school, so he he knew he knew them before that. They weren't complete strangers, but he walked up to his garage and thought that they sounded cool. And they're like, "Yeah, do you want to jam with us?" And they became the Doors. So I just think it's such right a cool little like chance meeting to know exactly how the Doors started. Like he started off in a garage, jam- jamming in California to like to this type of stuff. It was mm-hmm. so cool and. uh I believe Light My Fire was one of the first songs that they ever wrote as a band. And it's definitely one of their biggest songs. Um, one of the yeah. biggest songs of that era, I'd say. Are you going to play it? No, no. I was just, uh, that's just another organic ramble that just came about. <laughs> An organic ramble. That's a, Yeah, I've never said that. Organic <laughs> ramble. I'm trademarking that. Yeah, hashtag. Organic ramble. Yeah, tweet um, us. <laughs> so if you guys are, th- um, if we've got any listeners out there, uh, if you've got any your favorite door song, maybe comment or like or whatever. Just let us know if you're listening what your favorite Doors track is, because I'm curious. Because um, I think the Doors are one of those bands that are very guilty of. Uh, they had some really good radio hits, and then like that's kind of all people know. Yeah, I'm guilty. <laughs> and that's not the listener's fault, right? It's mm-hmm. um, y- it's one of those bands that you're kind of really into, or they're kind of like I think we were talking about on another episode, kind of background music. Yeah. Um, Certain bands are just really good background music. It's no offense to that band, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I feel like the the Doors were kind of maybe a background, sort of in the background for a lot of people because they maybe were partying or uh, maybe they had friends like me that would listen to it. Um, I don't think a lot of people have really um, divulged into the Doors as much as maybe they have other classic rock bands. Um, I don't think there's as much of a f- 
fandom around them, and I kind of like that about them. Let's dive into a deep cut then. Okay, Let, cool. Let's see a side of the doors that nobody sees on the radio. Okay. Well, we are about 20 minutes in, so I feel like that's a good time to switch albums, I feel. So I played two songs off their very debut album, uh, just The Doors, 1967, buy it, wherever. <laughs> Why am I trying to get The Doors money? They're rich enough. Yeah. Um, and Pay me. Anyways, uh, I'm going to switch gears now, uh, and this is probably their most popular album, but they've got some cuts on here that I don't think a lot of people know. Um, it's one of my, I have the vinyl and it's one of my favorite vinyls. It sounds fuzzy. It sounds warm. Ooh. It sounds awesome. Um, it's definitely uh, it's it's L.A. Woman. Uh, I, I think I just said that, but it basically it's a really cool concept for an album because I like you, from listening to this album, you can't tell whether he's talking about a woman from L.A. You can't like it's just it's really cool. And um, the the vinyl case, uh, you know, when you get a CD or a vinyl and like how it's packaged almost is better than the sound it's just it's the yeah. package the album art is really cool um, yeah that that's why you buy the physical copy is to get that extra stuff yeah so like the la woman the vinyl um it's got like a clear window on the front that's got like their uh the four guys uh, like the four musicians image superimposed on it and that's clear. And then f uh, the album itself comes in like a yellow sleeve that like is super contrasting from like, I think the case is red. So it's just like super contrasting and like their faces look like really 3D and really trippy. And it's just like, it's just another reminder of like the effort that went into building an album back then. Not yeah. that I'm thinking musicians half-ass things now, but there was more passion in the industry in the in those decades, I feel. Um, and that's the end of Spenny's Ramble for today. Uh, <laughs> hashtag organic rambles. Hashtag organic rambles. Um, yeah. Which song are you playing? I'm going to go into... Don't play L.A. Woman. No. That's uh, it is a... It is an amazing song. It is. It truly is. But I want to hear something I've never heard. Okay. Uh, well, this is really fun. Um, and if you're hearing some like rough stuff at the beginning, that's just actually the version of the song I'm playing. Um, they mess around, and I think they do a first take, and they mess up the first take, so they do a second. And that's kind of why I wanted to play cool. this version. It's cool because you get to see, hey, they're famous, and they, they mess up sometimes too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool. And uh, you get to really hear the rawness of Jim Morrison's like bellow uh, is how I would describe it. He's, uh, he was a beautiful man. And anyways, we're going to go into, this is called I've Let's Been Down it. So Long. Uh, this is an alternative version. This is not the album version, uh, but it's one of my favorite versions of the song. So that's why I am playing it. And it's from the album L.A. Woman um, by The Doors. So we're going to keep this episode of The Fuzz Factory rolling. Yeah. And then after that, Sav and I are going to dive into more fun facts about The Doors. But for now, Stay tuned. I've Been Down So Long. Now let's take two. <laughs> let's take two. All right, let's get serious now. Well, I've been down so
That was been down so long by the doors off the same album that I was talking about for a couple minutes there, uh, L.A. Woman. Very good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, um, when you said raw, totally. That's kind of how I tried it. Well, that's my description. Everyone's is different probably, but it's a... Uh, yeah, it's just it's not a polished polished sound at all. It's uh it's very rough and it's uh, like I wouldn't even say it's very rough. It's just rough in general, I guess. Yeah, not not like overly rough. It's still like a smooth sounding song. Yeah. It's just his vocals in particular. It's just it's so cool. And um I just think it's cool that he came from a world of no musical training. Um he wasn't a musician until his 20s, I'm pretty sure. I believe he was 20 or 21 when they when the Doors formed. Because uh, they they had a very short run. The Doors were only a famous band for about seven or eight years before Jim Morrison died. Um, they had a very quick rise to fame. That's actually a, that could be a separate podcast. Is just talking about how they took over America over a couple of years. Literally could ramble on that forever, so I won't touch wow. on that. But um, how do you learn all of this? I don't do schoolwork and I watch music stuff. <laughs> You watch a lot of music documentaries. I, I love music documentaries. I've read a lot of books. Um, when I was younger, I couldn't pay attention to a lot of books. Um, but when I read um, something music-related, it would fascinate me. So that was one of the first motivations because I, 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 I had a goal when I was like 15 to read 10 books. But I got bored really quick, so mm -hmm. I just picked 10 music biographies that I wanted to read. And that was how I got through my, my list. And cool. it was just uh, that's when I found out. I was like, I really love learning about music because mm -hmm. it's cool to be a musician. Um, but if you don't know what you're talking about, then it's kind of like, what's the point, you know? And the more that I've read and the more that I've learned about other musicians, I felt like it's helped me kind of grow as a musician. It's just fascinating. I love it. Um, but the doors Thank are you for sharing it with me. Well, no problem. I and love I love else. I love telling everyone about new music and. I love I love divulging about like how that music was made. Yeah. Because um a lot of people understand the effort that goes into making an album, but a lot of people it's not that they don't like not that they don't really understand it, but not a lot of people get to see that production of the album because they just have the songs on their iPhone and they mm -hmm. just it sounds good. They don't really not a lot of people kind of put that extra thought into what goes behind it. So as a musician, I'm just fascinated with different recording methods or like how did they get that sound or like what's that squeaking in the background and just doing research. You got to know where you're researching, like, because yeah. I've definitely looked up band facts and then told someone about them <laughs> and then like thinking that I know my stuff. And then someone has been like, no, you are wrong. Like, where did you read that? Yeah. So you get your ego. Well, checked you can a only contain times. so much knowledge in your head at one time. Ex right? And so like this, another problem with the Internet now is kind of like there's so much info. You don't really know mm -hmm. what's credible. And so sometimes you run into that problem. Um, but the doors are were just they're fascinating to me and uh, one of the reasons that they are so fascinating is because one of them wasn't a musician up until he joined the band i just think that's so cool um but he was a poet at the time he was a poet so he definitely knew his, he was very linguistic uh, as i as i mess up the word linguistically he was linguistically smart uh he knew how to phrase um things together and he was very uh, uh, abstract in his lyric writing there's a lot of references that even Doors fans, like I don't, I don't know if they fully understand. Um, he threw in a lot of kind of like w really old poetry. Um, he was really cool with his lyric styles. Um, I was gonna ask, as someone who doesn't play instruments, do you think that you could ever join a band? Uh, and if, or would you ever want to? Not could you, because that's a weird question. But would you ever want to join a band? And if you could, what would you play? What would you do? Um, I feel like. Most people do have that dream at the back of their head. Like, I think so. 
you know, I would want to play in a band. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, shy, so I don't think I could ever be a singer. Like, maybe do some backup and it's stuff. It's definitely not my thing. Um, But I would play fiddle. That would be cool. Yeah, Um, I like some folk kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. there's actually this kind of subgenre of metal called folk metal with a lot of fiddle some of that stuff. It's and i'm cool. into it um folk metal pirate metal they use like electric fiddles right and they can even like i've well, heard no it's just like um you know a regular fiddle they'll have oh, but accordions. i mean i just mean one that can plug it into like an app or something yeah yeah but yeah. like heavy guitars and like chugging and like it's heavy That's but there's awesome. also this like kind of scandinavian viking sort of element depending on i was where gonna it's say from. do they have bagpipes because that um I've no but like they have accordions and stuff like that like it That's sounds amazing. yeah like, accordions are cool yeah, they really are. My mom played the accordion when she was in high school. Really? Yeah, as funny as that is. Maybe that's where my musical, my w- little Maybe. bit of musical talent came from. It's, um, I always bugger because I'm like, how did you pick up the accordion? Like, what about you? Was like, I'm going to learn the accordion. <laughs> and what was her answer? Uh, she was, I think they just had band class and everyone else was playing other instruments and her parents bought her an accordion and she played it. I don't want to make this a competition, but my mom in middle school played the double bass, like the big, big bass. Oh, the see, that's boom, much boom, more boom, badass. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, see, I wish my, my, my mom's name is Connie. So I wish Connie played the the double bass, like the stand-up bass rather than accordion. Connie, but hey, it's never too late. It's never too late, Connie. You heard it from Sav. Yeah, so what So you think that you would be playing? Um, Fiddle, but like, I don't know. Do you listen to any Flogging Molly? little bit i've definitely heard of them like yeah. i like kind of irish sort of inspired kinda stuff like but also as a metis person like yeah, you yeah, know yeah. i feel like a heritage thing i would like to be able to learn like you know the red river jig and that'd be cool just kind of like yeah uh traditional fiddling but yeah i feel like the fiddle is a lot more badass than people think it's one of those instruments it's underrated mm-hmm. right it's um i learned that about the harmonica when i started playing um the harmonica was to me was always like this little it was like, oh, that's cute. You're playing one a step up from a kazoo. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt it was. But once I got into blues music and I saw um, a couple really old, I was gonna say really old black guys. That's it was about to sound awful. Really old footage of Black America. So like, because blues music originated in Black America. This is a hundred percent a fact. Uh, blues music itself originated in the Americas about 1920s, 1930s when it really became prominent. Uh, definitely wasn't white folks singing blues, <laughs> uh, but the footage that I saw wa- was a group. It was um, uh, oh, why is his name escaping Muddy Waters? I don't know why that was escaping me. Such a prominent prominent name. Uh, it's footage of Muddy Waters, and he uh, he had a, a group of guys, and they were all just they were all like like black Americans. Um, so much soul, like you can see, every one of them is into it. the The harmonica player is literally standing up off his stool. And like standing up to the beat of the music, pounding his feet on the floor. Um, it wasn't until then that I was like, "Oh my God, you can shred the harmonica." So it's a very similar awesome. feeling. If, if, uh, I agree about the fiddle. I think that's an underrated uh, instrument. And, no uh, country though would not play country. No, music. no, I don't. I don't judge you for that. Um, I, I guess I, I'll address this now because if people do any <laughs> research with me, they'll find out that I'm in a country band. It's going to come out yeah, eventually. Yeah, it will. I'm in a country band called Jump the Clutch. You can buy our single, Day Worth Living, for on iTunes. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, it's a really group. It's, yeah, it's a very fun group of guys. We get along very well. Uh, shout out to my friend JR who got me involved in the band. Uh, I've made some money and we put some songs up. So you can never be sad about that. Um, country music just is not my genre it's not my focus so it's um something that it's really hard right now but it's fun is i'm trying to differentiate myself from 
uh, as not a, a country guitarist. I don't want people to Google my name and that's what they think of, mm-hmm. um, which is hard when you've been playing nothing but like country shows for like five years yeah Uh, it's it's kind of an uphill (laughs) climb uh but what i try what i'm trying to address here is that like i like to shit on country music a lot uh and then people find out that i'm in a country band and then i automatically get called a hypocrite and i'm just admitting it i am a hypocrite Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i don't really like listening to country music but i am in a country band uh the group of guys it's still a fun thing yes i was about to say the group of guys are very supportive we're we all like really good buddies uh we obviously like we drink we party together you got it if you're in a band um, and we, we have a lot of fun playing. Live shows are great. We've always had great crowds. So any of our fans, that if you're listening for some reason, uh, if you were ever at one of my shows, then thank you. And please come to the future ones. I, I would, just wanted to address I that. I definitely want to see you guys. Yeah, a few people this year have bugged me about it, knowing that uh, I'm – that that knowing that I kind of joke about country music because mm-hmm. I feel the same way what you just said um, how you would want to play the fiddle but you would not want to play country music uh, there's nothing wrong with that because especially the way modern country sounds I'm sorry but a lot of modern country now is not offering formulaic it's just like it's not offering it, there's nothing substance at no. all there's no songwriting ability that goes into it um, I think the comedian was Bo Burnham, but he made a joke or a skit or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he he made fun of how I think, and he's not joking because as a guitarist who's had to play these songs, he's 100% right. There's about 20 or 25 like very popular country songs that legit have the same tempo, same chords, same lyric phrasing. It's like a cookie cutter formula for making really a, a hit. And like that sucks. That sucks for upcoming musicians trying – uh, you're either going to fall into that trap and make shitty music and then get labeled as that, or you're, I don't know, it's just not good for the industry it's as a whole. It's what people are consuming. So it's like, at the same it time, sucks. it's yeah. almost like you have to stoop to that level if you really want to get to that successful point. Because if you look at most modern country, the vast majority of it is that. Yes, and it really sucks. And there's a lot of guitarists I know that will play in rock, a lot of guitarists play in multiple bands. Uh, just Same with drummers, it's just a thing. So it's like, I've noticed from playing gigs with other people that aren't country musicians, they have, do have a very similar situation to me. Um, the, we're all very skilled musicians, and we all love playing music. That's why, like, if you get asked to play in a country band, you're going to play. Um, a lot of, if you watch country music, a lot of the guitarists, a lot of the drummers, they're really good. A lot of the bassists, they're really talented musicians. And that's what bugs me the most, is, like, that guy's a good singer. Why is he singing about mud and trucks? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, don't you have any... It just... I. I, again, I know I'm shitting on country music, but this, as a music consumer, and this is how we feel, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, if you feel like the artists are barely even trying anymore, and yet people will just line up to buy concert tickets for these types of people whenever they come to town, and it sucks country because country music is huge. People will pay a hundred dollars to go watch Luke Bryan shake his ass in tight, damn jeans on the, at the MTS Center, but then fifteen dollars to go watch a local band, The Goodwill, is too. Oh, I'm a student. It's like. That that's the kind of stuff that gets me. Yeah. Um. I don't like how country music has really polluted the music industry, and I'm sorry if that's an anti-country rant, but that's how I feel. How about let's get onto a pro psychedelic rant? Let's get back into some doors. Yeah. Um. We played some music off the beginning of the show. We just had a nice little conversation, and we're gonna get back into the music. So I feel like you really enjoyed um the kind of deep cut more yeah. than the radio hits. I did. So I'm gonna play another one that I don't think a lot of people have heard. Um. We discussed this one again off air. Um, actually, what uh, we're at thirty minutes. We got time for another song, so I'm, I'm gonna play another one, and then we'll okay. lead into that Lamerica song that I talked about. Cool. Um, so this song is off the same album. All the songs for the rest of the show are gonna be off "L.A. Woman." What year is that album? Uh, I will look that up because I do not want to mess that up. 
Do you know if th- it was their second album or where it was in uh, the It was one of their later albums, L.A. Wolf. Oh, it was not one of their later albums. It was probably one of their... I, I think this was the third album, I believe. So this is 1971 this came out. Okay. So the first album that we heard was from 67, and this was about five years later. Um, you can... Uh, if you look at photos of Jim Morrison from when they were... This is when Jim Morrison had the big bushy beard, yeah. the longer hair. He went reclusive. Um, he, yeah, like went nuts and went to the desert for a little while. <laughs> he, uh, Jim, as we all must do from time to yes, time. Yes, exactly. Jim Morrison went through some shit. Exactly. Yeah. As we all do. Um, um, yeah, so it, that's an interesting. Uh, if you want to get like just a visual of the band, look up Doors 1967 versus Doors like t- 1975, or no, I think he was dead in 75, 71. Look up that, and it's just a cool comparison. Uh, but off that same album, LA Woman, this is off the B side of the vinyl, or B side of the album, I guess it would be the correct way of saying that. And uh, this is called Crawling King Snake. Crawling King Snake. Have you ever heard of it? Never. Okay, cool. That's what I was hoping. Uh, it w- I never heard the song until I bought the physical vinyl, and I was listening to it with my roommate, and this song came on. I'm like, what the f-, f is this? I'm excited. And I looked up the album, and I found this. So it was one that I had never heard. It, it was super cool. Never heard it until I bought it. That's what I love vinyl. about buying an album. Yeah. There's always going to be something new that you haven't been exposed to. Exactly. That's why it's really important, people. If you're going to buy, if you're going to support musicians, it's it's worth it for you to buy the full album. Yeah. Because I know singles are cheap, but I'm a musician. Buy the full album. And with that, we're going to go into Crawling King Snake by the Doors. It's, uh, it's very interesting. So let's, let's hear check it. it
is what I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, Get Him to the Greek. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to watch that tonight, I think. Yeah, that's um, a good one. So that was... Oh, why, why do I keep messing up this name? King... It's crawling crawling King, King, snake. King Snake. That's a kind of a tongue twister. It is. Crawling like, because there's the Crawling King Snake. There's a lot of Ks. So that was off um, the Doors' L.A. Woman album, and that was from 71. Um, I've been trying to uh, show you guys kind of a broader range of their songs today because... Um, as I was saying earlier in the show, I think The Doors are unfortunately guilty of being one of those bands that people think of as kind of radio hits. And uh, they're much more than that. Um, so I've been trying to open up your ears and some other people's ears to, uh, yeah, to, just to some other stuff. And that was a really good voice crack there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Organic <laughs> voice crack. We go from Jim Morrison's just nice, manly voice <laughs> to this. <laughs> Funny story, actually. Um, Halloween's coming up, so I think we might even be able to play it on the show in a later episode. Ooh. But me and Spencer, me and Spenny, mm -hmm. for our radio class a couple of weeks ago, we had to record an audio drama, like a Halloween spooky story in That's three minutes. Hilarious. Yes, and there is one part. Um, basically, like I don't want to spoil too much, but like we come under attack. Something is attacking Spenny, um, and like I'm my character's scared. I'm like, oh my god, and. You hear a scream that you think is me, but it was actually him. It was definitely me. He can scream higher than I can. I'm kind of jealous. You, you hear that, ladies? 
Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll play that for you closer to Halloween. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. Um, yeah. yeah, so Sav and I are both media production students uh, at a college here in Canada. I guess we can say where, where Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Um, but yeah, so we uh, one of our classes required us to, we, we teamed up and we had to make an audio drama. I believe it was three minutes or yeah. something like that. So three-minute audio drama, just about something scary. So yeah, that's actually a really good idea. We'll include that into our Halloween, yeah. uh, whatever episode falls closest to Halloween. You'll mm-hmm. be able to hear that then. Uh, yeah, there's no copyrighted material in that, so that's completely no. ours. Yeah, so yeah. we can we can use that for sure. So that's a good teaser, actually. It's actually a real Ooh. achievement. Yeah. So it's, check out it's, that. It's spoopy. It was actually kind of cool. Like, um, this is not related to the doors, but uh, it was it was kind of cool to, like, um, actually produce something. You yeah. know what I mean? It's um, not that we haven't been before, but um, and podcasts count, but it was cool. That was one of the first projects, I feel, like, in our radio class that we, like, actually, like, fully, like, produced and then had yeah. a really good result out of, you know? Well, we also did those kind of features but this was a lot more creative, which I was think nice. so, yeah, exactly. Um, not as maybe news-focused. Or I guess features don't aren't necessarily news, more journalism. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree. Much more creative. So it was really fun. Look forward for that little Halloween snippet in yeah, a couple teaser. weeks. Yes. Um, so I just played Crawling King Snake. I said it correctly. Crawling King Snake. Um, really, I think it's a sexy song. It's really fun. Um, and it was one of those songs I never heard of. Until I got the vinyl. I, uh, I bought the vinyl when I was visiting the States over, uh, I think, uh, when was it? May. I was in the States. So on my way back uh, to Canada, I was at this little record shop and I bought a Doors album for super cheap. It was a brand new record. Um, so it's, a mo- it's not an old classic, like, nice used record, I guess. But it, it was a new, a new cut. Uh, it was nice heavy vinyl, so the 180 gram. Uh, do you know the difference between no, vinyls? I don't know anything about vinyl. Okay, so little side bit, I guess. Um, there's just there's different weights of, of vinyls that you can buy, and there's different sizes. So you've probably seen small, really small vinyls um, that are made like about the size of a CD. Have you ever seen a, a vinyl no. that's about that big? So like back in the day, like you could buy singles. So if a band came out with like a single, you could buy the vinyl of the single. And a lot of wow. bands would come out with two song vinyls. So one side was a track, and the other side was another track. I have three or four Beatles albums, uh, little, I guess they're not even albums, they're just um, vinyls, where I've got like Let It Be on one side and then another one from that record on the other side. It's really cool. Um, But there's different sizes of vinyl and there's different weight. Uh, How does the weight affect it? The weight affects it by the way it sits on your record player. So just um, if the, think about it as your camera tripod. Um, with more, when you have a heavier tripod, it's a kind of a pain in the ass to move around and stuff. But your shots turn out way better, right? Because mm-hmm. it's more stable and it's just it's uh, more secure. So it's kind of the same as vinyl. So the vinyl sits on the turntable better when it's a little bit heavier, and uh, the 180 gram will have deeper ridges, a little bit deeper ridges for the needle. So you actually get a little bit of a cleaner sound. And uh, it's less susceptible to, like, scratching and, like, dust and stuff. Well, what's the downside? Why would anyone get a thinner? Well, because they're cheaper to make. So that's the thing. It's less material. Um, Sound-wise, most people go for 180 gram. But also, there's certain vinyl players that um, the needle can't read the deep the deeper cuts on 180 grams so you have to buy these lighter types uh, so geez. if you're gonna be if it's if you already have an existing record player then you gotta you gotta work with your own equipment right you can't force it but uh if i'm gonna give advice to anyone buying a record player look for one that can play 180 gram because if uh 
especially us like we're we, we do audio engineering so it's like mm-hmm. it, if you're any sort of picky about sound you you will be able to notice it um yeah just a little side but mm-hmm. i was in the states buying this doors album i lucked out it was really cheap and it was nice uh nice heavy i had the heavy vinyl it was really good quality and uh the b-side came on my roommate and i we listened to a lot of vinyls together so we were sitting in the living room b-side came on and crawling king snake came on and i had to get up and look at the album art because i didn't know what the hell i was listening to mm-hmm. um i love when stuff like that happens yeah, um absolutely. can you think of a, a kind of what's a hit it i know i'm putting you, you on the always spot. do this spinny oh, i know i'm a i'm a on the fly kind of guy <laughs> you know? i hate it but uh can you think of like a hidden gem that you've ever found maybe even just through youtube that you had no idea and then uh, then that became a staple for a little bit oh my god why do you do this i know me? i'm evil um, you know what? You're going to have to let me think about it because like, <laughs> yeah, think, write it down or whatever you got to yeah. do. Think about that. And then we'll, before the end of the show, think of like, uh, well, that's another teaser, I guess. We'll hear Sav's kind of hidden gem. doesn't have to be the doors, but I'm just curious, yeah. you know, um, cause I, I have a couple, a couple of my favorite songs are songs that are like are by bands that I had no idea existed before I heard that song. And I really like, uh, when music does that to you, when it really opens up a door. So I'm just curious. So, so think about am that. I talking about a hidden gem band or a hidden gem song? Let's go with either, whatever, just for ease of thinking. Okay. So maybe a band <laughs> that you found or a song that you had no idea existed until you heard it and then you were just hooked. Okay. Yeah, so think about that for a sec. I will. Um, we were talking off air about kind of the range of sound that the Doors can go through. And I think they're a really good example of um, a band that has a sound. You know what you're going to get from a Doors album, but they're also very versatile. Um, they have kind of a really weird song that was on this L.A. Woman album. I believe it's pretty quick. If it's a long song, I'll cut it halfway through. But it's a really, lo- it's a really interesting um, don't even know how. How to did we get onto the co- topic of conversation of this song again? Uh, I think we. I I do not even remember, but uh, somehow it came up. Yeah, there's something special and worth playing about it. Yeah, something <laughs> special. It's something special. Yeah. Uh, this is called La America, so L apostrophe America. La America. Yeah, and it's by the Doors, and it's uh, it's off L.A. Woman, off the B side. It's I think it's the first track. It is. It is the first track off the B side. So when you flip it, like it's weird because you finish. It sets it. the tone. Yeah, because you finish the A side of this vinyl, and you're feeling really groovy because it's like the Doors and stuff, and then you flip it to the B side, and then this track comes on so i won't even describe it anymore i'll let you guys hear it and then like or comment why do i say like comment maybe how you felt
that'll teach you how to find yourself. So that was La America by uh, by the Doors. Just a kind of like a carnival track almost. Like it's like a yeah. dizzying, spinning, weird. Yeah, little... there is an intensity to it. Yeah, and it kind of builds and builds and builds. Um, I guess it does not a very fuzzy or it is psychedelic. I guess it's definitely not not psychedelic. Um, doesn't really fit the theme with the other songs, but I thought that's why I wanted to show it. Um, because. A, it's really weird. B, it kind of shows that range of like the weird, wacky stuff that the Doors were kind of doing, I think. Um, we're nearing the end of this episode on the Doors. Um, yeah. Once again, Savannah has let me just like kind of ramble about it, and I love that, so thank you very much. It's a relaxing episode for me. I'm just, I'm we're just, just listening. We're just living, just you know? Out, yeah. We're just living. L-A-V-I-N. Um, sorry hey, about that. My before we off. go, I do have to give you my hidden gem. And yeah. it's not super related to psychedelic, but... Um, it's Eagles. Okay. There's a song called Visions. Um, cool. That's yeah. a good song. You know Visions? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love it because I'm a big fan of Don Felder. Mm -hmm. And in like 1981, he put out a solo album called Airborne and I'm really into it. Like, it's kind of like, um, like it's not the deepest of lyrics. Like a lot about it is like, you know, you know, bad girl looking so good. I love it when you walk this way kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> I love it. You yeah. You have a little head bob there too. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but I just I really like him and how he came into the Eagles and kind of gave them a more heavier rock sound. And I know oh, when I say sure. heavier rock, you're like, it's the Eagles. No, it's, They're not you're, heavy. You're 100 percent like, right, though. Like, they, they had he, a country album. Yeah. Desperado was a country album. The door. The Eagles are fascinating. They're like, again, that's another band that you could probably 
dedicate like I'm not even joking like a podcast series to oh absolutely like, you could dedicate at least a season worth of podcasts like eight or yeah. seven episodes they had they a had messy s- breakup man yeah I was just about to say they had one of the messiest breakups in uh, music history actually like yeah one of the biggest legal battles that there's ever been for me. I think Fleetwood and Mac also had kind of a crappy breakup oh, really? but uh, we're talking about the Eagles so that's redundant we're um, actually talking about the Doors too but yeah, yeah anyways my deep cut is Visions because my favorite member of the Eagles, the one who basically got shit on, yeah. <laughs> Don Felder. There was one song the whole time they were together that he was the technical, like quote unquote, lead vocalist, mm-hmm. and it was Visions. Visions. But when you listen to it, it's actually everybody singing all the time because he wasn't that good of a singer. So they were trying to kind of cover that. it up. Yeah, I love it because uh, was it him or one of the other guys? There was a there was one of the guys in the Eagles that didn't sing. But they pretended that he sang. So they would just have an empty mic at every show, and he would just be, like, playing. I think it might have been the bassist. Was that? Um, no, that way. No, because he was the one who got, maybe like, they, really uh, high. Yeah, I, will, I won't spew anymore because I think I might be com- confusing facts of two different bands All maybe I can together. say for sure is that Don Felder was considered not a great vocalist by the band. But, yeah. I mean, his solo album, I like his vocals. I mean, yes, they're not as melodic and Well, it's one of those perfect, things he never claimed to be a no. singer, right? So when he puts out an album and he's singing, you got to respect it because you're like, hey, man, you're trying. You're hitting notes. Yeah, and I mean, like, he wrote the riff. You're not Robert Plant, but you're hitting notes. He wrote know? the riff for Hotel California. That's, that's their most famous iconic yep. song so that that the proof is in the pudding that's all i gotta say all right so that was sav's de- um sav's deep cut i guess yeah never put me on the spot again I ever won't. don't it's, just uh, don't we gotta we, <laughs> well how about like i always think of these interesting questions next episode i should just prepare and maybe have yeah. a couple questions yeah um but I like I like prying your brain because uh, like I like this is not life changing information. We all know everyone's brain works differently, and I'm a very curious type of person. So I uh, ever since I was little, I've always asked like why, why, why this? Like I was I annoyed the crap out of my parents. I'm sure I did. But uh, I like prying people's brains and figuring out like how they process information or mm-hmm. like just how they you know what I mean what they think about certain things. Um, it's just a little side hobby of mine. I like it. I like it. Um, we're going to end the show now because we actually yeah. got another podcast coming up. We got another full hour mm-hmm. of conversation for you guys today. We're not going anywhere. Actually, we're. I'm going to probably go get something to eat. Yeah, we're like, going to take I, a I was getting break. to the gurgle stage where I was like, oh, yeah. my God, don't do it on the mic. And then we can hear it again. Yeah, that you know was what? This, this mic is so sensitive. Sometimes I'm like, is that my heartbeat I'm hearing? <laughs> is it picking that Am up? I breathing too heavy? Yeah. I've done that before where I, I can concerns. hear myself breathing in the mic and then you're like, okay, just take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we this is episode five. Today we mm-hmm. talked all about the Doors. It was a great episode. Uh, we went learned through, a lot. We went through two albums today. So um, I took the reins on the song selection, and I showed you songs from uh, their debut album, just self-titled The Doors. And I also tried to open up your ears a little bit to uh, <laughs> "L.A. Woman" from 1971. Um, yeah. I'll just say the band members' names again because I feel like if you're talking about a band, you should mention their names. I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. The Doors were made four people. Singer, Jim Morrison. Uh, they had, uh, a, sorry, I fumbled there. They had a keyboardist. They had a, uh, a guitarist. And they had a drummer. They did not have a live bassist. However, if you look on Wikipedia or any other reputable site, um, the list of bassists that played for The Doors is so long, I literally could not even have a hope to memorize. Wow. Yeah, because they, they, they loved playing with different musicians, and they purposely, I believe they got a new bassist for almost every album that they did. Um but there's four main guys. The guys with Jim Morrison, Ray Manzarek, Robbie Krieger, and John Dunsmore. Uh, two of them are still living. Um, John Dunsmore, the drummer, is still alive. And uh, Robbie Krieger, the guitarist, is still alive. Uh, the other two have unfortunately passed. Um, 
So you can't really check out any new music of the Doors, unfortunately. But I guess that's not too unfortunate. They're old. They probably want to chill. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that we got to get through at least two albums today. Yeah. Um, I like the two album format because yeah. I feel like it's really cool to explore one when it's significant. But also, I like seeing the point in time when they were just starting out versus when they were five years down the line. Or you I know, think ten so. Years down I think it's line. a better way to show fans um, and listeners. I guess the fans evolve. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of. I think you get a better perspective of them as a whole rather than that time period. Um, yeah. Off the air today, we were talking about how yeah, you like bands have a similar theme for sure. You can listen to a Dwarves album and you know what you're gonna get. But you don't know what you're going to get that time period from the mm-hmm. Doors. And it's really cool. Like you said, it's very important to know that um, listening to two different albums by the same band can give you a much per- different perception than just having the one album under your belt. Yeah. You know what? Talking about this has given me the band that we're going to look at on episode seven. Great. Because when they started out, they were very heavy, very fuzzy, like almost like too fuzzy, like it was overpowering the vocals. And they've gotten a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. I think so their fifth album is out their now. Their style so. has just evolved. Yeah. Right? But it's like they have really good stuff in all of these slices of their history. And as a band as a whole, it's great sounding. But yeah. it's cool to see like the periods that they maybe went through. Totally. So, yeah, that's a really good point that you brought up. Um, so, yeah, we got through two albums today. Fortunately, mm-hmm. we could have got through more. But we only have an hour. And we've got another episode coming up. Yeah, with where us. we yes. hand the reins over to our friend Alana. Yes. So and we explored the, the high school angst. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What what music does a high schooler listen to that's psychedelic? Yeah. What like it's I feel like that's the point in your life where you really start getting into that music unless I you're so. raised on it. Um, when you're a teenager, that's kind of when you start branching out and discovering your own. I think it's kind of like when it's kind of like it's weird. I know this is kind of weird sounding, but like legit, like you're going through puberty, like you have so many hormones. I think when you're developing into that age is like you're right you are developing your music sense because you're also figuring out like the type of people you want to be involved with you're figuring out the type of friends that you want to be with you're figuring out the relationships that you want to seek out it's a very transformative time of your life we should talk about this with Alana sure let's do that Um, it's a very transformative time of your life and I think that psychedelic music fits in that time period very well so uh, you made a good point there. We're going to end the show today with, it's a radio hit. I don't feel bad at all. Uh, it's a No great, shame in our fuzzy No, game. I got to get you guys uh, into some uh, sort of underground-ish tracks from the doors. They're, they're not underground, I guess. People know about them, but not a lot of people know about them. So hopefully a couple people know about them today. Uh, but like I just said, we're going to end with a radio hit, and I feel like this is very fitting. Uh, it's kind of like a ride into the sunset sort of song. Is this Riders on the Storm? You rode my... You, I can't you, wait. You read my mind. <laughs> yes. So, okay, that Yay. was a great episode, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for tuning into the Fuzz Factory, guys. And we got another episode coming right up. So this Saturday, you'll be able to get our whole back catalog up to episode six. Back so, catalog, that sounds official. It does sound official. Like we got some content under mm-hmm. our belts. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Storm. 
Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out alone Riders on the storm There's a killer on the road His brain is squirming like a toad Take a long holiday Let your children play If you give this man a ride Sweet family will die Killer on the road
Riders on the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out on loan Riders on the storm Thank you.